Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 273rd episode of the Hungry Gamers podcast. We're powered by Epic.net and those sexy legends over at audiotechnica.com.au. I'm your extremely humble host, Brenda White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan 8-Bit. And joining me today, the Iori Yagami to my Terry Bogard, my podcast, Ride or Die. You can find her on them socials, at Miss Allie Hart. Miss Allie Hart, how the bloody hell are you? Doing well, doing well uh, for, uh, you know, for a pretty hectic week. Um, but, yeah, pretty chill. How about yourself? We're surviving. I think we're collectively surviving. Yeah, we've got uh, various levels of insanity we're dealing with all the way across across the globe here uh, mm. for, for our respective nations at the moment. But uh, we're here. We're talking games. It's been a, a bumper week as far as news and releases and things like mm-hmm. that. Um, my God, there's certainly... Uh, not, we're not short of things to do and uh, experience and, and uh, enjoy by any stretch of the imagination. No, we're lucky that we've got a few things, a few media distractions, so and some good quality ones too. Amen to that. So maybe we could uh, kick things off as we always do, as is tradition on THG. Talk about what we've been up to this past week. Miss Hart, did you want to lead us off? Uh, sure. Uh, to no one's surprise, I finally got my claws into Destiny 2, the Witch Queen uh, content, and uh, it's great. It's awesome. It's They've outdone themselves again, especially with campaign. Um, the story so far, full disclosure, I have yet to finish the story. Um, the story so far is really intriguing. It's captivating. I like the direction that it's going. The um, voice work is amazing in the mm-hmm. music and um, the one thing that I just have always constantly loved about Destiny, the environment team have just built another beautiful uh, set scenery. Um, it's it is just absolutely stunning. gorgeous. Yeah. And um, it's just so much fun being able to now run around this new new world or new area um, and get to experience all this uh, new content, new weapons. And uh, especially the glaive <laughs> that they've introduced that I haven't warmed up to yet. <laughs> frustrates the damn hell out of me. It's been really good. Like, uh, shout out to our friends at Bungie and Double Jump mm-hmm. for, for tossing us a few keys to experience the hotness that is the Witch Queen. Um, I completely, completely endorse everything you just said there. It's 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 a stunning game. I'm, I'm still only a few hours in myself as well. Like, uh, I haven't sort of traversed this world as deep as some of the other people that have been jumping on since since it dropped um you know in the early hours of wednesday morn second one yeah <laughs> yeah like we we're recording a day earlier today so we've got a day less to to play destiny 2 as well so mm. we've managed to find a bit of time collectively between ourselves to give it a spin and yeah it is stunning runs silky silky smooth i'm playing on the old xbox series x and uh outside of i had some issues getting into the game to start with full disclosure but i think from what i can understand is because i initially had this installed through game pass and it has since been removed from game pass when i when i put my witch queen deluxe edition key in 
redeemed it, downloaded it, happy days. And then I'm trying to play it and it's like, um, you must own this game to play it. I'm like, I just put the key in that should give me ownership. And so I, I went around in circles for probably 30 minutes, 40 minutes to try and work it out. And even though I owned the Witch Queen and I owned Destiny 2, I needed to actually go back into the the Xbox marketplace, find the full version of the game, which is free, the, the base version of the game. And I had to actually click in there and like click purchase this game in there. So I checked that box, went through, did a little minor update and then finally got in because I was spinning my wheels and I was getting very frustrated. But a little bit of that on me, I probably should have taken the time to read that I needed to do these little finite steps. But... Yeah, the world's gorgeous. The gunplay feels so tight still, and it's always been amazing. The the soundtrack phenomenal. Epic. You, like everything you said, that the the voice casting, the story, like it feels like this is Bungie firing on all cylinders, and it feels mm-hmm. the scale is huge. It's epic. It's grand. Massive big sci fi space opera, and I can't wait to work through this story more. I, I can wait to never play the legendary mode again of this <laughs> of this campaign. That's for sure. Like. The cool thing when the game boots you in, you can pick to go legendary mode, which is a harder challenge. And if you complete the game on it, you get some extra gear and some swagger. Or you can play as the standard. And I'm like, yeah, why not? Let's let's go legendary. Playing that solo was the stupidest idea I've had all week. Uh, (laughs) It took me about an hour to finish the first mission because just base cabal grunts were just absolutely wrecking my face time and time again. So uh, yeah, wasn't a good time. But uh, got through it in the end, but I'm going to scale back and probably reboot it just as the the baseline, just to have a bit more of an enjoyable experience because it was so frustrating and so painful. I read what it, like the requirements were for Legendary, and it's like, you may want to do this with friends, and da, 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 da. I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to be about that business. So I just loaded up what I guess would be considered just the normal standard leveling, which was referred to as being brave. And uh, for the most part, yeah, it was fine for me. Got I ran it solo. I think it's, I, I also wanted to do it because I, I very much ex- want to experience the universe every time it's new content. Like I look up in the sky, I look down at like <laughs> ravines and I look at other little things. So Mars it's is better. so pretty, isn't it? You can Mars just get lost pretty. wandering around that planet. But Sabathon's like castle ship thing is just so beautiful i love what they've done and i love the contrast between like the swampiness um on like the kind of like the that groundish level and then this like beautiful castle that she's like built for herself with like elegant flowers and just that that beautiful um like that garden kind of like courtyard that she's built for herself stunning there um so i just i really like that kind of contrast that they've done there and like overall it's just like it's destiny but like it's a it's a different kind of like a different kind of destiny that they're showing us like we've 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 been to mars before which sounds funny to say but yeah we've been to (laughs) mars before um but like yeah it's this this kind of a different atmosphere on mars as well so yeah it's just this science fiction high fantasy space opera that is just singing and hitting all the right notes and yeah i'm looking forward to trying to to lock in some time with with the collective of us to, to mm-hmm. run through some of this together because Definitely. Bungie and Destiny, it's a great singular experience, but it's a special squad-based experience. So so getting a couple more couple more guardians to, to roam roam those castle halls and, and just experience the awesomeness that is the Witch Queen, I'm, I'm excited for that. And, and this is going to be sort of a, 
a review in progress for us for many weeks to yeah, not only definitely. finish the main line and then work out like work through like the raids and all the other mm-hmm. additional content they've got yeah. there for us. So so we'll be <laughs> revisiting this regularly on THG over the next few weeks, I'd, I'd imagine. But so far, it's feeling like I'm only a few hours in, but it's feeling very much like it's it's eight bit approved from my end. It, it's oh, hitting 100%. all the right notes. Yeah, and I think a lot of people maybe who have either previously been Destiny fans and probably have stepped away for quite some time or maybe people that have just heard enough about Destiny, they may be a little bit curious. This is a really good time to enter in. Um, it's always good to kind of jump in back into Destiny when new content's dropping and from, you know, from respective peoples and collective groups that I have, a lot of people that may be experiencing it for the first time or experiencing it for the first time since a long time, they're enjoying it too. So um, anyone that might be on the fence, it, this would be a good time to probably jump in. It's pretty good. Definitely. And and the good thing with jumping in now, if, if you're seasoned or new to the game, is you're all going to start at that 1350 exactly, light yeah. level. So so there's not going to be some curve where you, you roll in as a lowly grunt and everyone else is 2,000 levels above you. We're all on, on a level playing field. So you can all get that same experience and that same... Um, sense of excitement getting your gear and working through quests and everything else so yeah perfect time to jump on in feels good it's it's still just about the best first person shooter as far as how the guns feel and the combat feels they've just nailed that science and uh it's awesome and yeah i can't wait to play more but uh witch queen so far loving every second of it outside of trying to solo legendary like i'm sure there's people out there that are working through or listening to this now saying you're a pussy you can do it but no i'm 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 out i'm done i'm going back to brave legendary too much for me i thought i could cut my teeth on it to to lead into then jumping into elden ring but no i'm 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 brave i'm not legendary It's good, good to be humbled sometimes. Yeah, yeah. You need that. You need that in need uh, that. in this day and age. But um, speaking of vicious combat, you've also been dabbling oh, in, in another game, right? Yeah. I This is actually technically from the week previous, but um, King of Fighters came out and I'm not a fighting game enthusiast. Like the, I've played Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat in my time, but my husband actually installed King of Fighters and um, actually over the Valentine's weekend... <laughs> We decided to beat the shit out of each other. Um, and it's actually it's love. really... It's, <laughs> it's love. Isn't that just love? Um, we actually... It's really, really fun. Um, it's a really gorgeous game too. Um, the difference between... Because like... I mean, Street Fighter is still got that kind of cartoony element to it. But obviously Mortal Kombat really had that realistic vibe to it. So it's been pretty cool um, experiencing like the king of fighters style of combat when it comes to these kind of fighters and um a bit risque there's a there's there's quite a few (laughs) move sets in there that i was like oh okay um i don't know how people are going to be able to stream it on twitch there's some there's some very uh where there's a will there's a way (laughs) yeah but um it's, it's a lot of fun and i can see why like it's been um coming up on my feed quite a bit i'm obviously no expert so don't expect um a lick of uh uh information for me on whether it you know is good in comparison uh but overall just for fun it is lots of fun and it looks good too it really does look good like like i see a lot of my um my fighting game content courtesy of uh a clay of of a couple of npcs fame like he is a 
fighting game savant so a lot of the stuff he shares and talks about on socials is where i get my my updates and info from and, and he's been gushing about king of fighters so far and, and you know sharing some some video from tournaments and, and little cutscenes and things and and yeah I, I know what you're talking about as far as some of the uh the sexually suggestiveness that gets around with some of the moves and some of the busty femme fatales that are mm-hmm. that are kicking dudes asses and vice versa but uh that's very true to the source material. Like this game's been been around for decades, and they haven't shied away from, uh, I guess, being a little bit lewd when. Why stop now? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's like you know what you're getting from King of Fighters, but uh, it look it looks stunning, and I love that they're still sticking to that traditional 2D fighter mm. with you know they've enhanced the graphics from obviously from prior generations, but they've still kept to that that same um, you know cartoon i don't know if cartoons underselling it and being a bit disrespectful but that cartoon art style like there's detail there with the characters don't get me wrong but yeah the 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 models on the screen aren't as higher detail as yeah mortal Kombat and such but they still look fantastic yeah and there's there's really good uh fluidity to it like in move sets and then transitioning between special moves and all that sort of stuff there's not so much of, of, of a jittering or a sudden pause it just flows pretty well so um, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised that I enjoyed a, a fighting game that I'm not familiar with. So it's it's a lot of uh, a lot of thirsts and a lot of new passions you're finding in the game space over the last several months with you know been... Forza and now King of Fighters. Yeah, What's pretty next? rewarding. Yeah, oh gosh, what what would be next? If uh, I think the I think the ultimate was a car racing game winning me over. I feel like that was like the Mount Olympus of like gaming for me. It's <laughs> like that's it. You've conquered it all. You did also say, though, speaking of conquering Mount Olympus-esque sized games and achievements, you did say that you're going to actually give Elden Ring a spin as well. Yeah, uh, so that's been purchased in my household. I can't deny the raving reviews it's been getting, so uh, there's a chance that I will be playing that game, which is yeah, a shock. Yeah, we're, we're, we're going to report back on our experiences of, of, of Elden Ring as well. Like, neither of us are... Soul no. Savants by any stretch of the imagination. But um yeah, as you said, Miss Hart, it's you can't deny the universal praise. And we'll talk more about that later in the news. But uh we're gonna give it a spin. We're gonna see how much this game is gonna hurt us mentally and physically and emotionally. But uh <laughs> yeah, it's it's looks like it's one for the ages, that's for sure. Mm. Speaking about abuse, how's Horizon been? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's my bad. I'm the one dealing abuse these days uh, in that game. Like I've, I've I've finished all the mainline story, but because I'm adoring this game so much, I'm just working my way through to to potentially try and get the platinum. But I'm just cleaning up the map, you know, oh. going through and doing some side quests and discovering more little locales and, and taking um, you know, taking down enemy encampments and, and just all that ancillary stuff you get along the way in these big open world RPGs. So I I absolutely adore this game it's it's not flawlessly perfect but in my mind it's one of my favorite games i've ever played just because it hits all the notes as far as what i love in a game and in pop culture and stuff like that and i'm not going to go into specifics as to what some of those things are because it would spoil the story Mm -hmm. but uh we do have a spoiler cast coming out in the next week or so give or take tackling that and we'll go into that in more detail but uh it's a very special game very very special like uh it finished up on metacritic at 88 out of 100 which is still a hell of a score but in comparison to elden ring which we'll talk about later 
it uh is, is now sort of almost pushed to the side you know that that simpsons meme with the, the, the cute sheep yeah, yeah. The cute, it, it has become it's become the less cute lamb and, and elden ring is the uh the bell of the ball right now but uh yeah forbidden west love it adore it it just gets better the more you play it the more weapons you unlock and the more you get fluid and work out what sort of combat style works for you and, and it's just such a gorgeous gorgeous game like i'm now becoming one of those photo mode guys where i'm I'm running around i'm like oh look at this nice vista and oh look at this this uh machine here i can get a good photo with that so i'm spending a lot of time framing aloy in, in a whole host of ways just just getting really pretty photos but annoyingly we don't have access to to the sort of the, the beta inclusion on the PS app where it would save all your captures and you could just download it straight from the app. So and I don't know, maybe it's just certain regions around the world have it like oh. Australia doesn't for now. So annoyingly, the way I have to get my captures is either I, I tweet all the photos and then quickly maybe save them and then delete the tweet or... What I've done is I've had to bloody stick a USB into my PlayStation 5, export all the media, then put it in my computer, download that, and then like upload it to Drive, and then download it to my phone. Like it's it's really janky and annoying in that regard. So PlayStation, please fix that app. A lot of people that I know that kind of what's well, it's not getting around it, but it's the best practice, especially if you're someone that tries to keep your social media polished. A lot of people just have a um, Twitter account where they post the like the Nintendo stuff, like things that they screenshotted from Nintendo, and then you just post it. It's some random account. You don't draw any attention to it. A little burner, a little yeah, burner, like account. a little burner, yeah, just to post all your um, your pictures from the consoles. So maybe like that's, I need that's, a, that's been the. A, a burner account from my my post because it's just it's so archaic and outdated having to do it that way and like i know the fact that i know the app can do it but it's not available worldwide is what shits me the most i prefer none of us to be able to do an all deal with this pain as opposed <laughs> yeah. to seeing some people like oh it's easy you just click on the app and click your library and click captures and they're right there and i'm like well it's not fucking there for me so <laughs> I've got to go through all this pain just to get these these pretty photos I'm taking. But no, first world problems. It doesn't detract from the game. I absolutely love it. And yeah, it's it's gonna go down as as one of my personal goats. You know, I'm not gonna not gonna throw that blanket across everybody because people will be coming at me. I know NATO's already probably sharpening a pitchfork, but uh it's special and it does everything that Horizon Zero Dawn does. Forbidden West does and does it better and adds to it. And it's the sign of a great sequel. So, uh, yeah, check out that for sure. And The Witch Queen and King of Fighters. Yeah. <sighs> Quick bit of housekeeping before we jump into the news. Obviously, shop8bit.net if you wanted to get yourself some tasty 8-bit-related merch and swagger. Uh, if you want to support us monetarily, you can do so over at ko-fi.com forward slash we are 8-bit for a low price of $1 per month. And scaling up from there, we have a few different tiers, which get you additional access to podcast content, giveaways, and everything else in between from there. Uh, be sure to rate, you subscribe to this podcast and all the other podcasts you listen to on the regular. Helps keep the lights on in our hearts. Costs you no money, takes no time, means the world to us. And uh, just pay it forward. Just do a little, little good gesture for all them pods that are generating content for you on the daily and the weekly because, uh, yeah, it's going to keep us charting and maybe get us into some new ears and hearts out there. But Miss Hart, mm. let's jump into this. This week's news headlines. All right, we've got a, got a smattering of sort of more more bite-sized quick hitters 
this mm. week on the news. Uh, and the first one doesn't really need to do a bit of a deep dive, but uh, the PlayStation Plus games for March have been announced and you can get Ark Survival Evolved, Team Sonic Racing and Ghost Runner's PlayStation 5 version as well as the standalone version of the multiplayer for Ghost of Tsushima Legends. All games will be available to download from March 1 through to April the 4th. After that, you'll need to have an active PlayStation Plus subscription to keep the games. If you're still playing on a PS4, unfortunately, you won't be able to get Ghost Runner. But um, some good good titles there. Good variety. Some very meaty, meaty titles there. You want to go and tame some dinos, you can do so in ARK. Team Arc Sonic Racing. Fun. It was fun. I'd love to go back. Yeah, I've, there's been moments where I've been like, man, I'd like to go back to Ark. <laughs> that yeah. game is great. <laughs> I really want to go back. It's it's on Game Pass, so that's probably how oh, I'd go it? back. I'd I'd start fresh on on Xbox. So yeah, we'll see, we'll see. But Ghost of Shima Legends the multiplayer, really, really heckin' good. I haven't played Ghost Runner, but it was uh, met with high praise last year, and everyone loved it. So, so maybe that could be a title to add to your collection as well. But uh, yeah, good variety and Team Sonic Racing. If you want to play a kart racing game where it feels like you're on acid, that is the one because some of those maps, or some of those tracks, I should say, that you race on are absolutely bonkers, and it feels like you are tripping all the balls. But uh, yeah, PlayStation Plus games for March announced. All right, everyone's favorite legends will be available on Android and iOS in the following 10 countries. And obviously, when we're saying legends, we're talking about Apex Legends. So it is coming to mobile as of the 28th of February. So three days' time, this is dropping on 10 countries as sort of an internal beta testing ground. And guess what? Australia, New Zealand, Singapore, Malaysia, the Philippines, Indonesia, Mexico, Peru, Argentina, and Colombia are the 10 test beds. So somehow, Australia has been the tester over the United States, Canada, Europe, the United Kingdom. It's ANZ and then, um, yeah, some smatterings around the rest of the world, which is bonkers. That's just a list of places that have bad internet, isn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's what I I'm think thinking. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe that they're like, there's no better place to test a game than the places with the shittiest internet. That's a smart way to look at it, actually. You know, like if we can make this game run in places that are that are running dial up and whatever else, we can yeah. make it run anywhere. So, exactly. uh, yeah, ten countries at launch, which launches in a couple of days. Am I going to play Apex Legends on my phone? No fucking way. But uh, uh, yeah, like yeah, uh, it's interesting. Is it is it free to play? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Mm. But I'll get you with them skins. Oh, always. So it's pretty good skins in Apex right now. There really is. And the fact they've got skins in the game now that you level up so you can like make the skins look better by doing mm. certain challenges in the game, I think that's a really smart concept. Yeah, but, I thought uh, that was pretty good. Yeah. yeah, available on mobile in the coming days. So uh, any any listeners here in ANZ or the broader nationales that we mentioned just then, you can get your hands on Apex Mobile and uh, put it through its paces. I love. I honestly, a part of me is curious on how that looks on a mobile phone. I can't look any worse than it does on Switch. Truth be told, I haven't seen someone play it on Switch, but I could only imagine. Like you think of a, a some of the phone screens these days are, are spitting out at 4K, where the old Switchy Poo in handheld is 720. So mm. now, maybe maybe you're going to get a better experience on on the uh, on the smartphone with a with a Bluetooth controller, but who knows. 
Uh, something we also know, Lego has reportedly partnered with Bioshock and Borderlands Publisher 2K to develop a series of Lego sports games. VGC reports that the partnership will produce several games, including a football-slash-soccer game developed by Sumo Digital, the developer of Sackboy Big Adventure, and Team Sonic Racing. It also said an open-world LEGO racing game is already in development from NBA 2K and WWE 2K developer Visual Concepts, matching previous reports of the developer advertising jobs for a game of the same description. So LEGO racing, LEGO soccer, cool. I mean, like, Lego has dabbled in, like, video game franchise. I mean, Lego Star Wars is very, very popular. Yeah. And and um, the Batman stuff. Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. They, they do well with those games, but, like... The, the soccer football one doesn't really move the needle for me, but I'm, I'm listening to the racing game. Like, if this is going to be like a Lego sort of kart-inspired game, I'm in. Did you ever play the Lego racer? Like, you got to, like, you got to build your kart and it was, like, out of, like, Lego blocks and stuff. So you would get all these, like, Lego blocks and then you'd build your little kart and then you got to race your kart as well. I played I it on not. PC. Um I can't remember what the exact name was. It could have been just like Lego Racing. But um, I can see that this would be a smart move maybe for people to have their kids play uh, because the FIFA games and all that can be a bit complex, you know, a bit of a struggle on the hands. So maybe this is making a more approachable game style to kids. That's very true. It's a, it's a good gateway to, to the world of football. Or soccer, football, yeah. Depending on where you are in the world, so that makes sense. That makes mm. sense. Like, I guess it's a it's a good in between as well. Like, we've obviously got the new Mario Strikers game coming yeah. out, but if this is almost like a, a further simplified version of it, which is accessible and utilizing the the globally renowned Lego, mm. it could be fun. Will I buy it and play it? Probably not. But yeah, the the racing game intrigues me. Like when you mentioned the the thought of getting all these pieces and building a car that's truly your own and racing it. Mm-hmm. I love that idea. Or if they take characters from maybe the Lego worlds, you know, if you can race as Batman or Star Wars characters and stuff in a little in a little racing sim too. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in both of those. I love a good uh love a good kart sim or racing sim that's arcadey, so uh, oh. we'll see. Hmm. All right, another little quick hitter. Square Enix officially renews the trademark on Gex a property it got as part of the deal from acquiring Eidos Interactive way back in 2009. So uh, are we going to get a little bit more of uh, Gex the Gecko running I around? I liked that game. <laughs> it's actually really fun. It was really fun. And um, I can't remember the, the title of the Gex game where it was pretty much just, you know, a, a gecko playing as James Bond. Like they yeah. fully lent into the James Bond hysteria. And the- I just always remember the picture in the game stores where he's like sitting there, like leaning in it, like just a top half tuxedo. Looking very stylish. Mm. Very stylish. But a great little little uh, action platformer from back yeah, in the day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe, maybe we see the return of Gex. Maybe we get a crossover skin with Geico and have the, the gecko from the Geico ads in there. Who knows? Five minutes saves you 15% or vice versa. 15 minutes saves you 5%. I've seen the ad like a million times a day and I still don't remember the the, the sl- slogan or whatever it is. So it ain't working. It ain't working. What about uh, what about um, State Farm? Uh, State Farm is like a good neighbor. State Farm is there. Yeah. What, what a strange, strange slogan. Like I get it. But in this day and age, like, I don't talk to any of my neighbours. If I needed help, none of my neighbours here would help me. They'd be like, good luck, bro. I'm going to go steal your dogs and your car. 
Yeah. Actually, it's, I just realized now that by me living here, I've now, like, there's all the slogans and jingles of Australia that I've retained in my head. But now I'm, like, retaining these American ones. And, like, I'm going to be, like, a mishmash of just advertisements in my head. That's that's what the world wants. They Nothing want all those cutties. jingles circulating in your brain and your grey matter all the time. You should talk for, if when we do the um, the bike cast. Bike cast. Maybe we should do like food jingles. I love that idea. Mm. I love that idea. We we can discuss that. We'll uh we'll plan that out. It'll be out in the next couple of weeks. We're mm. going to try and do it today after this, but uh, timing's tight. But we'll do it very soon. Timing's tight. Tight. Oh, like tight. <laughs> Get your mind out of the gutter. That's what I thought you said. I was questioning it. I'm like, wow, if I that that went past me. I never heard that before. <laughs> All right, the next little banger. Nintendo has made a rare acquisition, officially making one of its long-running development partners an internal studio. Tokyo-based SRD Co. Limited will be wholly owned by Nintendo with the deal expected to close on April 1, 2022. So this hopefully not an April Fool's joke there. No sum has been currently disclosed. The company is led by director and president Toshihiko Nagano and has been working with Nintendo for almost 40 years. SRD has assisted with the programming and development of first-party games as far back as the NES versions of Donkey Kong and Donkey Kong Jr., as well as iconic titles like Super Mario Bros. and The Legend of Zelda. In fact, an Iwata Asks interview reveals that SRD was entrusted with building a test version of a Mario game where the Nintendo mascot could jump higher than his Mario Bros. counterpart, leading to Super Mario Bros., I don't understand that last part, but I'm guessing that's pretty impressive. But um, it's insane that, that, that these like Nintendo and SRD have been working together for four decades, mm. just in like this handshake agreement, and now they've finally brought them in under the fold. Like I guess Nintendo have seen all this, all the movements within the game instrument. You know, we better make an acquisition. <laughs> SRD, we've been working together long enough. What do you say you come home forever? No, like, yeah, okay. Pay, show me the yen. Show me the yeah, yen. Show me that yen. Uh, it's an interesting um, thing to think about where it's more of a like a loyalty thing, right? Like they've been doing their own things and working together in unison and it's just it's just worked out well. And then, yeah, at this point, they're like acquiring them. I don't know if maybe like the company was having issues or something like that and required the support or maybe they're just like, you know what, like... Why not now? Why not just like mm. you know join hands and we will support you as one? Well like it's very curious. It's not bad. Very curious, very curious. But yeah, it's, it feels similar to when Sony officially acquired Housemark, who done um, mm-hmm. who done Returnal. Like they've been working on and off for years and years and years, and it just makes sense. So yeah, it's it's better the devil you know, I guess in in one regard, and the fact that they've they've trusted each other respectively for four decades it shows they know what businesses practices they both undertake and Mm. and yeah it's it's smart so uh nintendo splashing that cash so (laughs) yeah curious to know what the fee was when when we see something come out as far as the figures uh, we'll let you know but uh yeah nintendo getting in the acquisitions business as well Speaking of interesting business, uh, we've we've had our first uh, reveal of Street Fighter Six. We got a very brief trailer of Ryu looking especially yoked 
with a bit of a focus as they scroll up and you see the old big old Hadouken bulge there just, just hanging out doing its thing. And uh, yeah, Ryu's, Ryu's a big boy in, in many aspects. <laughs> I love. I love that that was one of the biggest like things that uh, that came from that <laughs> announcement. Uh, there was quite the separation of people that didn't seem happy with his more squared body frame was like a problem that a lot of people had, um, but everyone else kept it below the belt. And um, yeah, uh, praised him in his new design and what he had to offer. Uh, yeah, Ra- yeah, Ryu definitely wins. Because, yeah, he's yeah, a, a big unit. But uh, on the back of Ryu and, and his uh, physical prowess, uh, we also got the unveil of the new Street Fighter Six logo. And on the back of that, much, much discourse. Mm. Uh, there, there's been various news outlets and, and articles being tossed around where they've, they've found... The, the Street Fighter logo um, available through like the, the Adobe stock images. So you could actually buy the Street Fighter logo for the most part for around 80 US dollars. So there's a bit of discourse that not only the, the owner of this Adobe stock image is saying he wants a cut now, there's also a lot of people just generally getting upset that uh, they've gone away from that traditional Street Fighter fire emblazoned logo mm. that we've known for, for many years to this now very modern minimalistic uh, esports esque SF with the little and the yes. six isn't even in the hexagon. It's just no, off, it's off, the, off side. the side of it, which is weird in itself. But uh, yeah, are you uh, thumbs up or thumbs down on this logo, Miss Hart? Oh, it's bad. It's very white bread. Um, it's very forgettable too. Like if you're announcing a game, like we were talking before the show, speculating or well, kind of agreeing with some of the speculation that um. This Street Fighter Six announcement was like kind of coinciding with the King of Fighters release. Like there were you, you'd think that you would want to like show up, um, and it, it, this this logo was just very boring, very basic, and had nothing to offer, like design wise. And as we can find out, that it was as basic as a stock image. Mm. So yeah, it's 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 a weird weird way to go. It's clear that Capcom spent all their money on the additional crutch pit pixels mm. for Ryu. They went, well we've blown spent, our budget yeah. on Ryu's big old peen yeah. and his big old shoulders. We didn't even think about the logo. What are we going to do? So they grabbed an intern and he went, you know, jumping through stuff. Like, That'll do. There's an SF. <laughs> That'll work. Chuck a six behind, beside it and away we go. Send it to the printers. So, uh, yeah, here we are. I wonder if there's like someone else, like somewhere out there that maybe like in San Francisco, like that's a logo because it's it's so maybe. like so basic. Like I could imagine just anyone like kind of having that, and I could just imagine someone in San Francisco has that as a logo for something. So I, I'd say it's probably been used many times. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. San San Fernando, San Francisco, <laughs> Sigmund Freud. So many options, but uh, here we are. With this new minimalistic hexagon Street Fighter direction, we'll see if they pivot and maybe they probably adjust yeah, as the I internet will. has many powers these days and can uh, enforce change like this. Mm, it's true. We'll <laughs> have to see. But yeah, shout out to Ryu for just packing heat. My God, I can see why he's been the face of this game for so long. Now he can... No, 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 I'm not saying it. No. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, the next bit of news. Call of Duty is reportedly skipping the annual releases as of next year. So the original story from Eurogamer stems from February 22nd. So oh, stemmed on the 22 of the 2 of the 22, or the, the 2 day as mm-hmm. it is, which is uh, pretty crazy to think about. 2 for 22. Shout out to the late, great Richie Benno. But uh, yeah, Call of Duty won't be getting a new mainline series entry in 2023, marking the first time in just under two decades the core series hasn't had an annual release. This isn't the first time we've heard reports Activision has been considering ditching Call of Duty's yearly release schedule, but now Bloomberg's Jason Schreier claims it's a done deal, citing sources saying Activision executives have made the decision to delay next year's mainline title, in quotes, after a recent entry in the series failed to meet expectations, end quote. That's almost certainly a reference to Vanguard, which has seen notably lower sales compared to 2022, uh, 2020's Black Ops Cold War, down 36% in the United Kingdom alone, leading to declining year-over-year net bookings for the series as per Activision's most recent financial report. Bloomberg's sources added, some executives believe Activision is introducing new versions of Call of Duty too rapidly, end quote. And then we've had a uh, response and a follow-up just yesterday on the 24th of February, Activision has responded to this week's report, which has also claimed that a new free-to-play Call of Duty was in the works. Treyarch, whose game is now expected in 2024, is said to be assisting development on that said free game. We have an exciting slate of premium and free-to-play Call of Duty experiences for this year, next year, and beyond, an Activision spokesperson said in a statement passed to Eurogamer. Reports of anything otherwise are incorrect. We look forward to sharing more details when the time is right. So, mm-hmm. no one is especially upset about this. Like, you know the amount of money that things like Warzone generates for Call of Duty these days. Like, yeah. uh, everyone loves the Battle Royale and everyone is still pretty hot and sweaty for Warzone. So, they're, they're focusing on Warzone 2. They've also got this other mode, which is, I think, the working you know code title is DWZ or something like that or DRZ which is going to be um, a survival type of shooter in the same vein as Escape from Tarkov that they're working on in the background. So they're going to have, I guess, those two as the games of of service types of models. And then on the back end of that, every few years, they'll release more of that Call of Duty single player with the multiplayer flavor added to it as well. The big action blockbuster events the big yeah. epics that they uh, have been known for. So I think, yeah, they're, they're, they've got enough cash coming in from, from Warzone especially, but then this this Tarkov-inspired jaunt will no doubt get some interest if it's done well because if everyone loves well. Tarkov. I still don't understand. I don't understand fully Tarkov, but I know, like, people just... What if people told me about it? It sounds frustrating. To me. To me, it sounds frustrating. Um, in regards to this whole missing out a year of call of duty like good (laughs) like awesome maybe they should just sit down and like go back to their roots and see what worked and what didn't work i was um telling my husband that like i feel like it shouldn't be that much of a big deal because the people that play call of duty they never play each one released in the year each year they usually gravitate to one and play that one continuously they never like grab the next one but i guess they try to appease so many different audiences. So that's why they try to push out all these 
different versions of Call of Duty. Yeah, it's it's, it's interesting, obviously, yeah, because they cycle through your Treyarchs, your Ravens, your Sledgehammers, you know, year on year, where, mm-hmm. where yeah, Call of Duty, you get the same base experience in all those games, but they play slightly differently. The weapons yeah. um, feel different or the errors you're running around in are different. So it's like these little subtle resets almost every year where the continuity is similar but different so i'm not sad about this delay like because call of duty has become you know a fifa or an nba 2k equivalent in that regard where it's just Mm. yearly cycles where it's you know the roster's had an update or there's a new hat and whatever like and i know i'm downplaying a lot of the story writing for the the single player um experiences in the cod games but yeah they're they're gonna make more than enough cheddar to to sort of keep keep this ip afloat in between making new mainline games and it's it's clear that that there's a bit of cod fatigue like vanguard i haven't even played i i haven't even touched the game had no incentive to buy the game Mm. like some people play it and enjoy it but i just couldn't care and and that's not a shot to that franchise uh because obviously they've got the modern warfare 2 remake coming out this year as the mainline entry which i'm keen as a bean because modern warfare 2 the original like the original release of that is just about my favorite cod and played many many an hour on multiplayer so i think i'll be going back back to that well uh come october november whatever the the date is that it's going to drop but yeah i'm i'm happy that they're hopefully this is also going to lead to to those traditional cod studios under activision been able to spread their wings and do things outside of the cod world that's what i'm also hoping well by the time that this kind of all rolls around they'll be fully under microsoft's ownership now wouldn't they that's true that's true we'll probably see other differences too so yeah yeah let let treyarch and infinity ward and all these studios spread their wings and, and diversify their portfolios which i'm which i'm hoping we'll see as well so yeah this game will still sell even if it's out every other year it'll still sell and people will still queue up just maybe yeah based based on that you know 36 down down uh decline in in the mm-hmm. uk just seems people are looking for something else and uh yeah there's plenty out there for people so you've, you've got to work hard to retain everyone's um playership exactly and a, and a game that's that's working very hard at least amongst uh the critics at the moment is elden ring it's currently one of the best reviewed games in modern history games communities most anticipated games for years and its review scores appear to be living up to the hype um yeah elden ring is one of the highest scoring games on both metacritic and open critic the two websites compile scores from various outlets giving an average score that's usually a pretty good indicator of the general critical consensus of a game over on Metacritic, the PlayStation 5 version of Elden Ring has a score of 97, tied with the likes of The Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild, Grand Theft Auto V, Metroid Prime, and more. Only four games have ever scored a 98, and The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time stands alone at 99. Yes. And on Open Critic, Elden Ring is currently tied with Super Mario Odyssey for the highest rating on the website at a 97. There are a couple of important things to note with Elden Ring's score. First, the scores are incredibly fresh since Elden Ring's review embargo only lifted several hours ago or or several days at time of release of this episode and some reviews that are already out aren't scored yet due to the game's length. 
New review scores can keep coming in over time, causing Elden Ring's average score to change. Also, both Metacritic and OpenCritic don't encompass many reviews for older games. Metacritic specifically only has a handful of pre-2000s games in its rankings, with all-time grades from consoles like the SNES not being included at all. Still, it's an impressive achievement for From Software. So... This game has been getting tens and five out of fives and five stars, you know, whatever their metric mm. is to, to score this game. It's been getting perfect scores across the board. It's absolutely bonkers. It's a game that, yeah, as, as we sort of mentioned at the jump here on the episode, it's a game that's not usually in our wheelhouse, but no. uh, we're going to give it a go because everyone is saying this is a game you need to experience, the world-building in this game is unlike anything out there and i need to taste this as well as all the pain i'm going to be tasting at the same time <laughs> yeah you can't deny these review scores i'm usually quite skeptical but these scores have just been pretty straightforward and direct and absolutely similar that i'm not really questioning it too much uh, yeah, I'm nervous about playing this because I'm, it's not my kind of game. I, and like we said at the start of the episode, I might want to be pleasantly surprised. I might like, I might enjoy it. It might be a good thing. I might finally find one of these damn <laughs> punishment games that I might be good at and might enjoy. There's no denying to like, it's gorgeous. It's an absolutely beautiful looking game. And I just, I love the way that they're like, some of these monsters look. They look absolutely nightmarish and just so creative. It's pretty cool. So, um, and yeah. then the other thing that someone sold it to me is that the other games are pretty linear. This one is actually very much open world. So you're not being restrained to just like, you have to go here, then you have to go here. And this is the way you, the path you have to lead. You, you are free to just roam around and fight your fights and your battles and such. So yeah, it, it's, it's, it's it's captivated me it's caught my attention so i i will give this a go yeah i'm i'm equal parts excited and terrified to play this game because as as you said i'm i'm of that same ilk like this this genre or this subsect of game is not usually what i what i flock to like the the souls born genre is is an acquired taste mm. but just off the back of this this praise that is just universal, it's like I think I'd be doing this game and myself a disservice for not trying it. Like, yeah, I think I'll play. Like, if I never finish it, but I still manage to to get a good amount of the way through it and experience this world and and just this magic that From Software has put together, I think I'll probably be able to get to a level where I can understand where these tens and these perfect scores have come yeah. from. Exactly. And that's what I want to... I just want to see what these reviewers have, have seen. I want to experience that. Like, will I... Who knows? Maybe, maybe like you were mentioning, maybe we'll turn turn respective leaves over and become these these souls savants after this. Who knows? <laughs> or maybe it's just going to be too too rough and halfway through and we're just going to be like, I'm done for now. I'm parking this. I had a great time. I get the hype. But yeah, it's, uh, it's a special game. It's going to go down in history, I think, as, as one of the greats. And... It's insane to think that uh, you know George R. R. Martin can't finish, can't finish his the stories he's known for. Like you know, the next release in the the Thrones saga is is delayed year on year on year, and yet Elden Ring, which was announced a few years ago and then sort of went radio silent for a while, still somehow manages to come out ahead of schedule, fully developed, fully realized, and and obviously a lot of that's to do with From Software 
just being wizards in this realm, but knowing that George R. R. Martin's DNA is sprinkled through this story and this world, and yet it still came out ahead of schedule, I think, is very surprising. Hmm. And you know what, like, and this is not just with Elden Ring, it's also with, um, surprisingly, Horizon. Um, we're seeing the graphic fidelity and absolute gorgeousness of these open world games. And all I can think about is like how high they're obviously being reviewed and these amazing scores that we're seeing. Um, but these graphical feats just have me more and more excited for titles that I'm anticipating in the future and just how much they're going to like rise the, like raise the bar for all, all other games in the future on what people will come to expect, especially for the open world genre and just how beautiful it could look. Um, obviously, you know, like, the one that I've been waiting for the most, um, the next Elder Scroll, Elder Scrolls um, installment. Um, I mean, can you imagine how pretty that's going to look? Yeah, like sorry Bethesda, but like these guys have really <laughs> have really uh, spoiled me to thinking that you guys are going to produce something absolutely stunning. So uh, get on it, uh, use that Microsoft money. Uh, so if that's 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 definitely one thing that I can take away from both these titles that I'm kind of excited about in the future. Yeah, like, like, yeah, th this run, this February run has, you know, set a pretty high bar for the rest of this year and then into, into the future. Like, yeah, Elden Ring in that world that can look so beautiful, but also so horrific and twisted and warped at the same time. And then Horizon, not, not anywhere near as horrific, don't get me wrong. Like it's post-apocalyptic and the world's decrepit, but then all the natural scenery yeah, juxtaposed amongst all this rusted metalwork and busted our skyscrapers it looks stunning it's as i said at the jump like it's one of the best looking games i've ever seen especially on a console and then elden ring is sort of said hold my hold my beer there aloy and hold we'll show ale. you pretty yeah hold my mead or whatever you drink in elden ring i'd, I'd assume there's going to be some kind of uh alcoholic beverage you can drink that uh, might give you a, a buff as you fight all these nightmare creatures but um yeah it's uh we're we're in a bit of a heyday at the moment as far as that that next technological bump mm. with with the graphics and then the the functionalities like I haven't even touched on like with Horizon the utilization of the dual sense the the haptic responses and the tension in the triggers and utilizing the sound through the controller just those little subtleties where you're starting to get this immersion from everywhere not only through the screen but through the through the peripherals you're playing with and it's uh, it's a good time to be a gamer Miss Hart that's for damn sure. Damn right. We're very spoiled in ways that we get to experience stories now. That's it. But you heard it here first, listeners. We are going to be Elder Elden Ring savants. So, uh, <gasps> yeah, watch this space. Maybe we're going to start a, uh, a dedicated Elden Ring podcast. Probably not. but uh, <laughs> Elden Run. Yeah, <laughs> Elden Run Away because it's so difficult. But... Uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll report back over the over the coming episodes as far as our experiences with uh, with Elden Ring and and we'll see if we can uh, we can crack that code and, and become good to, in the uh, the Soulsborne genre. All right, that's the end of the news. So let's jump across to this new releases and events. As far as other content coming out this week, February. We've still got a couple of days left, but that also means we've got some new content that's going to be dropping in this next upcoming THG weekly release cycle on a TV perspective. So we're talking about the streamers. We've got The Boys Presents Diabolical Season 1 making its way to Amazon. So that is a animated offshoot of The Boys. Similar vein, 
as uh, Invincible. So if you've watched Invincible um, and watched The Boys, I think you'll very much enjoy Diabolical. Mm-hmm. And over on Netflix, we get uh, Vikings Valhalla. So the next uh, step in Vikings lore, it's going to be set 100 years after the events of Ragnar and co. So we'll see how that goes. Hopefully it's good. The reviews coming out for it are a little bit mixed, which makes me a bit sad, but Mm. I'm excited for some more Vikings television. Uh, From a movie standpoint, we've got our Monster Family 2 coming out and also the Batman making its way to cinemas this week. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, I thought that was still some time to go. March the 3rd. Jeez. Shit. Mm. Get ready. Get ready for that three-hour broody atmospheric Robert Pattinson jaunt. I've been just getting ads of him and Catwoman. Like that's it. Yeah, that's all you see. It's it's it feels like it's just going to be the the Bat Cat love story, but God I'm damn. not sad about it, but no, I'm sick of it. We'll see. We'll see. Sick we'll see what uh what they've done with this one and if it lives up to the hype. Mm. Um as far as other games coming out this week if if Elden Ring and Horizon and Sifu and things like that aren't your cup of tea we've got Elix number 2 Far Changing Tides Puzzle Quest 3 Shadow Warrior 3 yeah. which uh I'm I'm keen to give that a spin in the near future uh Babylon's Fall speaking of spinning uh wheels in this regard Gran Turismo 7 comes out and Triangle Strategy so a nice diverse offering there of titles to play in between deaths in Elden Ring or in between overriding machines in Horizon Forbidden West. Ooh. So many things to do in the yeah. broader geek culture space. But Miss Hart, that brings us to the end of THG 273. Anything else you want to say or shout out before we uh, close down this studio? Yeah, obviously due to um, recording restraints, obviously the DICE Awards are happening. So we will probably break that down next week and talk about um, everything that kind of came from that as well as uh, the Pokemon presentation that's happening the weekend, at time of you guys listening to this, the weekend past. So, um, yeah, so there's going to be a few things that we're probably going to break, be breaking down next week as well. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah, we are recording on, on Friday as opposed to our usual Saturday, so we're, we're coming at you a little bit early. It's going to be out the same time. Oh, maybe. Depends on when I get this edited. Who knows? I'm not going to confirm nor deny. Either way, you listen you got to it, it now. right now, whenever that is. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, brings us to the end of episode 273 of THG, 8-Bit Nation. Thanks, as always, for stopping on by. But uh, it's our time to get on out of here. So until next time, much love. And stay hungry. You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. Stay hungry.